Welcome, Bravehearts, to another episode of the Sherapy Podcast. If you're ready for a second opinion, the doctor is in. Join Dr. Sherry Campbell as she weaves her unique brand of therapy, giving you permission to release poisonous people and situations from your life and heal in the aftermath. Every Sherapy episode provides you with a unique prescription for resilience, perspective, and peace. Side effects may include a distaste for toxic people, a new lease on life, and learning to love yourself again. Welcome, everyone. This is Dr. Sherry Campbell, your host of Cutting Toxic Family Ties, the podcast I'm doing. And this is a free episode to give listeners an idea what my podcast is about if they are not aligned with Apple. And to share some of the information I'm giving as the podcast is going really well. So I wanted to extend this out. My specialty is toxic family and boundaries and how to survive and cope and maybe even cut ties if you need to. Cutting ties with our family members is a very, very taboo topic, and I'm really the only expert who's discussing it in the detail that I am, and it's my intention to shed light on this traumatic topic because we all deserve to be happy, respected, and valued, especially by our family members. I also completely believe through my own experience of healing that unless you have lived through this, many aspects of toxic family would be nearly impossible to fully understand for someone who has not had this horrific experience growing up. And it's for this reason that I believe other survivors are often way more helpful for people than experts, because an expert may be an expert in psychology, but they may really not know the ins and outs of toxic families and because the abuse is hidden. So it's very difficult to explain. And many, many health mental health professionals can erroneously view their own success as keeping families together at all costs, which is understandable as it would be a goal if you could do this with healthy families. But when you come from a truly toxic family, we are very well aware that not all families are created equally and that it's often best for many survivors to cut ties and set themselves free from the family imprisonment that they were in or the family abuses. The facts are is that there are many families that are just so toxic that they set out to destroy the lives of the people in them. And there really is no path to mental health or well-being staying connected to families like this. Family may be everything to some, but this is just not true for all people. So let us be sure that there's very little randomness in the way toxic family members manipulate and abuse. The wrongdoings they commit against us are perpetrated with the sole intention of draining us dry, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Our toxic family members have a strong, impenetrable repulsion toward having to take responsibility for any of their actions. Their favorite thing to do is to create confusion because they are very well aware that confusion destroys resiliency. And if we are not resilient, then our toxic family members have no risk for us to leave, and then we can continue to be a whipping post for them. So why don't we qualify what the traits are that define someone as toxic? So I'm gonna go through a little list here. You may wanna take out a pen and paper, but nothing you can do or say is ever enough. They believe they are perfect and never wrong. 
Our toxic family members have to be the center of attention. They tend to totally ignore and ostracize us, or they tend to be invasive and engulf us, or a little bit of both. They're experts at rewriting history, invalidating us. They are rageful, angry, controlling. Conflicts never seem to get resolved. They are experts at ruining special days and events, especially when they're yours. They love your tragedies where they like to swoop in when you are at your lowest low and either act in a hero role or kick you while you're down. They thrive on the separate and divide conquer, like the divide and conquer technique. They drive wedges between yourself and your other family members. And they do this because if they can divide and conquer, then no one can really align and create a strong enough force to question the system. Toxic people are rigid and single-minded. Our toxic family members will show low frustration tolerance and to be quick-tempered. They show very little respect or openness to differences. It's sort of their way or the highway. They tend to be incredibly egocentric, uh, self-preoccupied, and self-involved. They love their illnesses and injuries. They dramatize those like crazy to stay the center of attention. They will comment on even your smallest flaws or perceived imperfections just to bully. They will drag up your past and use it to hurt or embarrass you. They consistently leave you feeling very guilty and ashamed of who you are. They leave you feeling very beaten, wounded, battered, bruised, and torn from within. And they violate your boundaries, never respecting your no as a valid response. They show you no empathy. They do not care about your feelings, and they actually enjoy watching you suffer, that they have the power to do that. They do believe they are innocent, and they become offended at any evidence to the contrary. So what qualifies someone as toxic, or why do I use the word toxic? I use that word because it takes away all the jargon of the cluster B personality disorders. So toxic people tend to be narcissistic, borderline, histrionic, dependent, antisocial. I would look those up online. When I use the word toxic, I'm doing that because if you have diagnosably borderline personality disorder, for example, then your toxic family member will also then have traits of all the other five personality disorders as well. They overlap fine lines between each. And so ultimately, you know, if you are toxic, you have elements of all the cluster B personality disorders. So why don't we kind of unpack what the difference then is between flawed and toxic? So Notice that none of the traits that I just listed of toxic people have anything to do with love. All of these traits are based in immaturity, selfishness, and manipulation, which is why being raised in toxic environments is so confusing, empty, and painful. So although, you know, we may not manipulate or do exactly the things dead opposite of our toxic family members, but the difference is, is that healthy people, they value consistency. Healthy people value predictability, connection, and communication when it comes to loving self and others. And they feel horrible if they have inadvertently hurt another person and are willing to really do whatever it takes. Whereas toxic people are really impossible to predict. There's always something hidden going on behind our back. There is no consistency in who they are from moment to moment or environment to environment. And their actions rarely match the grandiosity of their words. They are absolute word magicians. They pride themselves on being in control and unaffected by the needs of others. People who are generally good-hearted will be kind to everyone, not just to the individuals that they stand to gain something from, whereas somebody who is toxic is more interested in people being useful to them rather than loving or lovable. 
when you're a genuine person, who you are isn't built on a false sense of pretenses where we change personalities just to get what we want. Again, we tend to remain consistent in our character over time and through environments. Healthy people, when we are in conflict with the world, we sort of automatically assume that we are at fault. But when a toxic person is in conflict with the world, they automatically assume the world to be at fault. So in other words, they don't think that they need to change. They think that the world needs to change. So in essence, toxic people are bad people who have good moments, whereas healthier people are healthy people who have bad moments. And that's just really the core difference is the persistency and consistency in which that you abuse, use, and manipulate other people. None of us are perfect. And it's not that how we are in conflict is that much different than a toxic person. It's the consistency and persistency within which we use those bad habits. Toxic people, the two key things is they'll never apologize and they don't have any empathy. So this is why our toxic family members, even our parents, when we're their children or even vice versa, if we've got toxic adult children, they just seem impossible to penetrate when we've confronted them about something that they've done because they just do not see themselves as the source of their problems. There is always someone else to blame and they will blame anyone and anything just to not be at the core of the problem when they are the core of the problem. And it makes everything just maddening when you try to communicate. Toxic people see the world and us, right, as the source of all their troubles. So they fail to recognize any need for them to change. Healthy people actually desire to take responsibility for their lives and will actually drive ourselves crazy and drive everyone else crazy just wanting to make sure that we've taken our responsibility for something. And so when we can't penetrate another person, we then can't connect with them. And that leaves us feeling frustrated, feeling ostracized, loveless, and like we just don't matter to our toxic family members. When we are with our toxic family members, we will find that the entire trajectory of our life has to be without choice or flexibility, all about their needs, their schedule, their feelings, their goals, their ideas, their illnesses, their everything. Toxic people cannot fathom that other people have needs of their own and they get so resentful when they have to think about putting effort into meeting the needs of the people that they're supposed to love the most. And they can just hands down make their children feel like a burden or siblings can make us feel like burdens, but we just end up feeling in the way all the time. So parents can be toxic. Siblings can be toxic. In-laws can be toxic. There are toxic adult children. There are also toxic grandparents and we can have toxic extended family members. There is no limit to who can be toxic because all people can be toxic and families are made up of people. And so if people can be toxic, then the family members that are made up of people can be toxic. I don't know what happens that when the idea of family gets wrapped around a person that somehow they're excused from being toxic or they excuse, uh, people excuse their toxic traits and the abuses that they're enacting out on the people in their family. There is no excuse for abuse. You know, so when I talk about cutting ties, sometimes that is the only option. My book called, But It's Your Family, Cutting Ties with Toxic Family and Loving Yourself in the Aftermath is really the first of its kind in that it makes cutting ties a viable choice because there are some of us that there really is no other healthy option. We really aren't cutting ties to harm anyone. We're cutting ties to protect ourselves. So we don't want to get 
cancel culture mixed up with cutting ties. So I'm going to take a minute to differentiate those. Cutting ties takes years and a tremendous amount of heartache to reach a decision like this. Further, when we cut ties, again, we are not cutting ties to hurt anyone else. We are only cutting ties for the sole purpose of self-preservation. Cancel culture is really more about hearing one thing from someone or, or being offended once and cutting that person out after one assault and, and then taking that person and abusing them publicly in social media, which is toxic and not productive. Cancel culture is fully designed to be abusive and hurtful to the person being canceled. Now, our toxic family members, when they cut us off, they're usually doing it through a cancel culture mentality because we are not allowed to have any imperfections in those families and we are canceled immediately. So if you are living in constant confusion and you feel as if your relationships with your family members somehow boils down to a very delicate eggshell walk, then you are not in a relationship with a healthy person, family or not. And you need to make some serious changes, right? And that critical importance comes down to boundaries. So to know where your boundaries need to be, you sort of need to know what healthy love would look like first. So our toxic family members, the, the confusing thing is that they insist that they love us. But if they are unhealthy, then whatever they believe about love then must be unhealthy as well. So I'm going to repeat that. So if our toxic family members are unhealthy, then whatever they believe about love must also be unhealthy. So sadly, the large majority of us are more experienced coming from toxic families being raised there with unhealthy love than with having any idea or clue about what healthy love is or even looks like. Many of us question if we would even recognize healthy love if it hit us square in the face. And if it did, would we even like it? This is especially true for those of us who were raised in toxic families. When we are more familiar with tension and we identify tension as love and the idea of a connected family, that's a problem. And then what happens is we start our life out with not really knowing what healthy love is, what it looks like, what it feels like. And so we can find it incredibly challenging to find healthy love later in our lives. I mean, if we don't know what we're looking for, how can we find it? So the first place to start when trying to determine what healthy love is to look at how we feel around someone the majority of the time that we are with that person. The clue is, is if we feel consistent anxiety, a lack of trust, paranoia, or like we're walking on eggshells, that we cannot be ourselves and we're feeling as if we would rather avoid talking so as to avoid arguing, we are not in a healthy love dynamic. Healthy love happens when two givers come together. And when this happens, it's like magic, right? It becomes a connection of you nurture me and I will nurture you and together we will grow. That is not at all how toxic love is. In toxic family environments, love is heavy. It's confining. It's punitive. It's abandoning. It's blackmailing. It sucks the life out of you. And you're constantly feeling like that there's some massive final exam around every corner that you have to pass to please the toxic family members. And there is no pleasing them. And in fact, the more you try to please a bully, the more you get bullied. And bullies are all over families and they're just excused under the umbrella of family. And it would be so lovely if family would change people. Just that title had the power to change people into good people, but it just doesn't. A word doesn't have that kind of power. It's how you live out the actions of that word. Family is a verb or love is a verb. It's going to show up in how you act out. Toxic families are incredibly suffocating and 
you have to hold the same opinion as the power holders or power holder, whoever that person may be. And you have to just obey. You learn to go along to get along and you end up becoming a pleaser and you lose yourself. So if you think about what boundaries that you need to set, you need to think about what love is. What is what is your life like if real love is present? Well, if love is present, there's very little chaos. If love is present, there's conversation and communication. When love is present, there is no gossip. There is no backstabbing. When love is present, there is acceptance, support, and nurturing. When love is present, there's ease and room for joy. There's no stress there's clarity. We feel stable. We we really feel free to be ourselves. We aren't consumed with worry and people-pleasing. We feel really happy. We live in a state of trust and we experience contentment. If these things are not present, then this is not love. And we tend to repeat the patterns that we've raised in, in our adult relationships outside of that family. And that's a really painful place to be because now you're replicating. But I believe that replicating is a gift and that it is a clue to us that we are not moving forward, but backwards. We're staying stuck in our triggers. We're staying stuck to the patterns of the toxic family that we were raised in. So a how-to for you before I close this free podcast session down is that if these things in love aren't present, then you need to start considering setting boundaries. Boundaries are your hard lines of tolerance of what you're willing to tolerate and what you're not. Boundaries do not have to be done verbally with toxic people. They are Machiavelli's of arguing but your actions can speak louder than your words and you can set your boundaries through the idea of silence. You don't owe anyone an explanation. If you don't like what's happening to you, don't respond. You know, toxic people bait you for reactions. Your toxic family members, they want you to react. So a mantra you need to think about is no reaction from me, no reward for them. I feel like when you set boundaries, you start creating love. Boundaries keep the love in and they get the bad out. And sometimes the bad that needs to go out of our life, as sad as this is, is sometimes this is our family. Sometimes our family members have to go. They need to leave the place we are because they're destroying our lives. You have a right to your life. Your birthright here is to be happy. Your toxic family members may have very much damaged you, but it's your damage now. And you have to do something with that damage. I left family uh, and cut ties. And my book is sort of telling some of that story. And it gives all kinds of insights and in how to set boundaries. And I have a new book dropping in April here in a couple of months called Adult Survivors of Toxic Family Members. With, it gives you strategies to set boundaries ar- around holidays, deal with societal judgments, and to heal toxic shame, the toxic shame that you were raised in. And there are so many ways that you can take care of yourself when you can accept that your toxic family members aren't going to change. So that puts the responsibility on you to change your life. You are now changing the right person. We spent years and years and years trying to have conversations with our toxic family members, trying to get them to see the light, trying to get them to change. And that's the wrong way to do this work because if they're above reproach and they can never be wrong, then you're going to spin your wheels. Whatever trauma they've left you with, it is your trauma. Own it and start your work from there. Figure out what you're willing and not willing to tolerate anymore. Start saying no when you need to say no. Work on taking the words I'm sorry out of every sentence that you say. Look at when you're pleasing and just pull back. And remember that you can leave any relationship you want, no explanation needed. Because you're going to waste words trying to explain to a toxic person why you're ending the relationship. If they violate your boundaries, remember, do not respond. You're not going to get anywhere. 
with them. You want to go somewhere with you in your life. So your life now can be about you. You just have to set those boundaries, establish your lines, and start trudging forward and hold your solid ground. And I'm going to close this down. This was just a free episode for those of you that are interested in the Sherapy Sessions podcast, Cutting Toxic Family Ties. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Well, Bravehearts, that concludes our amazing Sherapy session for the day. Please sign up on my email list at drsherrycampbell.com so that you can be in touch with me and see what's going on in terms of what I'm offering soon, what books are coming out, etc. Talk to you in a couple of weeks.